As of April the 20th, the number of COVID-19 cases in the Philippines has risen to over 953,000. This has led to the implementation of the world's longest and most strictly enforced COVID-19 lockdown and the suspension of on-campus classes. Throughout the course of the COVID-19 pandemic, Filipino doctors and other frontliners have taken to social media to express their growing sentiments. In particular, medical frontliners have said that the country's healthcare system has reached a critical level given their poor working conditions and lack of proper financial compensation. Other health workers have also experienced added fatigue from the constant stress and fear over the rising COVID-19 cases. Amid these adversities, allied health science students poised to resume on-site classes offer a glimmer of hope. On January the 26th, the government announced that select universities and higher learning institutions may begin conducting limited face-to-face -face classes for their medical and allied health programs. Filipino doctors and other frontliners have expressed their hope that the added manpower can help quell the raging pandemic. They have faith that the next generation of allied health workers will be better equipped to handle health-related crises like the COVID-19 pandemic. Welcome to On Point, the guidance podcast arm where we sit down and talk with the experts on issues in and beyond Loyola. Today, we'll be talking to Health Sciences Program Director Dr. Jean Jane M. Adarlo about the university's efforts to strengthen its pre-medicine programs amid the pandemic. In particular, this episode will focus on how the School of Science and Engineering, or SOSE, has adjusted to the remote learning setup and what their preparations are for the next generation of Athenian allied health workers. I'm Joaquin Salazar. Let's go on point. The first question I have is, the School of Science and Engineering has developed a number of programs for the remote learning setup. So, for example, they distributed home kits containing the necessary lab equipment and regions so that students can conduct their own experiments at home. So can you walk us through the process of developing the kits and how these were prepared? Uh, the kits are actually done by the chemistry department. And of course, when they prepared it, they would like to, uh, and then for other departments as well, because if, for example, in health sciences, we seek the help of chemistry, physics, and biology in terms of provision of their laboratory. And when they prepare the kit, of course, the first thing that they have to do is to ensure that these are safe to do at home uh, laboratories so that it's, uh, it's not about the learning, but we also look for the safety of our students. So... In light of that, what other programs has SOSE developed for students in the remote learning setup? The thinking is that SOSE needs to be on-site, right? Um, yes. You really need to be in front of the laboratory, so you're guided as to how to mix the chemicals together and whatnot. So given that, what kind of programs has SOSE developed for students in the remote learning setup? And how were these programs developed to work around the learning implications of this kind of setup? Uh, we are exploring venues wherein that they can be able to have virtual experiments. So the School of Science and Engineering are coordinating with virtual research experiments so that some of the experiments can still be done during this remote setup. So what is the kind of feedback naman that students gave when it came to these online experiments? 
we did not get any negative feedback about it just because I think they have also realized that in order for them to be able to complete their degree program, that they have to undergo this lab work at home. So for them, they understand the, the need for doing this lab work at home set up so that they can be able to catch up and be able to graduate on time. So parang the students were, they just wanted to face the music. Na lang. None of them opted to just skip the subjects for the meantime uh, until on-site classes came back. Yes. And then, of course, there are also other classes, for example, for chemistry mm-hmm. in itself, that, and then also uh, some classes in physics that they cannot be able to make some of their laboratory classes remote is because of that it might endanger the safety of the students. Mm-hmm. We are still playing it by ear in terms of whether the government that through the IATF will be able to allow for on-site laboratory. But as of now, these are not yet feasible. So we are still exploring other possibilities. We do not want naman then the students to be delayed. Mm-hmm. So we, but at the same time, we want them to have the competencies needed in order for them to make use of this learning for further studies or for their work. Yeah, that is interesting, no? Because I mean, as a non-SOSA major, I, I can I only know so much about how experiments go, but I'd assume that some experiments aren't safe to do at home, right? So, following the learning implications, how does SOSA plan to work around? the challenges that you brought up to ensure the quality of education in the remote learning setup. So did you guys go as far as to remove certain experiments from the curriculum or what have you? Because of the quarterly setup, we need to select competences that can be acquired by students. And when we select those competences, we also select what can be the laboratory activities that these competences can be able to provide for the students. Here we are looking at uh, what will be an ideal graduate and identify what are the competences and then be able to come up with activities, laboratory and lecture at the same time so that they can be able to address these concerns that they might not have quality education. But we really looked into it so that students will not get shortchanged at this particular time that we have the pandemic. Yeah, that's interesting. So pulling back away no, from looking at the new online setup, so in line with the shift to remote learning, what can you say about the current state of the university's allied health programs in general? So we have lots of community engagements for our students prior to COVID. So they go to communities, Uh, be able to interact with people in order for them to know the healthcare status of these people. And then uh, there are also opportunities for them to do duties in healthcare centers. But we cannot do that any longer during this setup. So what we try to do is to have a community engagement, which is online, so that uh, at least there is still a semblance of that they can be able to have the feel of what community health or public health is. And then uh, we make most out of that online setup. So following that, no, like given the entire COVID-19 pandemic, um, a number of doctors and other health frontline workers have expressed that they are 
quote-unquote nearing the end of the line, no? Because of mental and physical exhaustion they have experienced during the pandemic. So, how can the university ensure that its health students who are the next generation of healthcare workers, hopefully, are prepared to handle pressing medical situations like what we are facing today with this pandemic? Of course, we want to make all the classes that we provide to them relevant and meaningful for them. So, for example, in classes in epidemiology or global health, we tackle the current situation that we have, the pandemic, and in order for them to better understand it and have, an, uh, in a way, parang hands-on experience. So with that, we hope that they can learn from this situation that we have mm-hmm. instead of being crippled that the usual in-person classes are not possible at this point, but in, in a way, they can still learn out from the, what we are experiencing right now. Yeah, I, I, I think especially right now, there's so much to learn talaga from the pandemic, especially coming from the perspective of someone who studies health sciences. Now, so do you think that Ateneo's current allied health programs sufficiently builds resiliency as early as the undergraduate level? Yes, because I think with also the rigor of the curriculum, we also look after the well-being of our students. And it's not only through their interaction with their own teachers or professors, but the whole setup in Ateneo in itself cultivate well-being. So we see that administrations are able to hear out and listen to the concerns of the students and faculty and then come up with a solution that will be a win-win situation. Even before the pandemic, we have already programs, for example, from the Office of the Guidance and Counseling that they provided to our undergraduate students about their well-being, and they are still continuing to do so. In, in the way, we are also trying to make them recognize that in terms of a student, we are also after their well-being. Okay, okay. So I guess the next question now is, as a result of the country's, let's put it lightly, inadequate COVID-19 disaster response, hundreds of healthcare workers across the country have filed for resignation and Experts anticipate more to do the same. So what are your thoughts on how the country has treated healthcare workers like throughout this pandemic? I think it's more of that some of their concerns are not being heard. Their plea, for example, for rest because, and then they themselves getting covid But there are instances that we can see that uh, the government is responding to their call. For example, right now, we have doctors, nurses, and medical technicians coming from the Visayas and Mindanao area to augment the healthcare workers that we have. So with this added manpower, then at least it will reduce burden from them. But of course... um, not all hospitals are able to get that kind of additional manpower, only selected hospitals, which we call as the COVID referral centers. But I guess, yun yai, pero in terms of because of our Hippocratic oath, that doctors, even if we face this kind of situations wherein we feel that we are not taken care of, it's still our oath to be able to respond to the healthcare needs of the population. I see. 
So given that, moving forward, how can the country improve its response to the pandemic and thus lighten the burden on healthcare workers? Do you believe that the government should be doing more to alleviate the stress? Because we, we're starting to hear cases that doctors are so overwhelmed, hospitals are so overwhelmed to the point where people in NCR have to go outside of NCR just to look for uh, a bed to sleep on, um, a medical facility to be inside, to be admitted to. So yeah, what, do you, what do you, can you say about that? I believe that in terms of what we can do through vaccination and then through lockdown, that these are not enough as a measure for us to be able to control the pandemic here in the Philippines. But I guess we may need to take into consideration the healthcare situation, but we also need to balance it with economic implications. So we need to roll out more vaccinations. So right now, we are not yet vaccinating people enough. The process is that an example that I can give is to the efforts of VP Lenny Robredo, that in order to address, for example, the hesitancy of people to get tested because they feel that they will not, uh, if they tested positive, then they will not be able to work. So here she addressed that issue with, if you allow yourself to be tested, then you will get one kilo of rice. And then if ever the test tested positive, then you will get a package wherein it will address for the your food needs and healthcare needs for two weeks. So solutions of out of the box, we need that more. And I think uh, we also need to be able to hear out criticisms and not see it as an attack on certain personalities. So we need to get our act together as a country and set aside politics in order for us to be able to be more successful in addressing this issue that we have right now. Yeah. Out-of-the-box solutions are definitely what we need and it's very well said. So with that, we would like to thank you, Dr. Adarlo, for lending us your time and expertise here today. Uh, We applaud the work you do as an educator on the front lines of the COVID-19 pandemic. Thank you. Thank you. That's all for this episode of On Point, the guidance podcast arm where we sit down and talk with experts on issues in and beyond Loyola. Special thanks to our executive producers, Kathleen New Yap, Ria Tenido, and Laika Golas, as well as our producers, Daniel R. Garcia, Tatiana L. Maligro, Bryce R. Ruby, and Carmela B. Masiglat. This episode was co-written by Moira V. Kayabyab and Mina Mata and was edited by Samantha Onglatko. Our cover art is by Julia Santos, and our theme music is brought to you by Vivid Productions. This has been Joaquin Salazar. Thank you for going on point with us.